Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Cal United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. Simmer's winning run finally comes to an end, but the Blues have put themselves in a great position for the final run-in, starting this weekend at Barrow. We look back on the win over Northampton and defeat to Newport County, while previewing the big trip down the coast to face the Bluebirds. All good things have to come to an end, don't they, Dan? And uh, they did in midweek against Newport. Uh, mm. no, no, no disgrace in that result, though, I don't think, because they, they look a very good side, don't they, Newport, I think it's fair to say. I was more impressed with Newport than I was Northampton. Yeah, I think Rochdale probably the team I've seen play the best football in this like recent run. But actually, Newport looked the best side. I think they look a, a you know, really well old unit. Which, considering the fact that their top scorer, Dominic Telford, didn't actually look in form, he looked a bit off the pace. A pretty good result for them, I think it's fair to say. So, disappointing for us, but, you know, we, we were never going to win every single game till the end of the season, so... No, no, no. And, and like we like we said uh, at the end of the last episode, you know, I mean, you would have took... You would have grabbed four points. You would probably even have taken two, so three, you know, three out of the two. Yeah, if we're going to get three out of the two, I'm glad we got the three against Northampton as well in front of the big crowd. That's the one I really wanted yeah. to get the win in, and that kept like that four-game run rather than a three-game and then lose and start again. So, so yeah, there you go. We're, we'll, we'll we'll cover that those two games uh, shortly. Should we go straight into the news section? Well, there's not really much news, is there, not actually? Not much news, is there, no. There's no real news. What we're going to do is the loan updates this week. And again... Quite thin on the growth for that. I was going to say, it's not too much, is it? No. I mean, they've been dropping like flies over the last few weeks, haven't they? All the, the lads who've been out on loan. Um, so, yeah, um, so we'll start up with the one that's actually doing something. Taylor Chartis. Um, another full 90 minutes for Taylor and another three points for the Heed. Uh, no goals this week in the 4-2 win over Gloucester. I mean, Gloucester City in National League North, just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's similar to uh, we were on about Brackley Town, yeah. weren't we, the other week? Yeah, just, just, just astonishing, isn't it? But there you go. Um, but yeah, he's continuing to play a big part for the club and they remain top of the table in National League North, three points ahead of Brackley Town, having played a game more than them. Conor Malley played uh, from the start in this game as well. Um, interestingly, Chedron Scott was actually on the, on the bench. So uh, they, do, they do seem to rotate a little bit greater. I think that's... Uh... Being one of the keys for them, you know, they yeah, just that lad Langstaff scored again, didn't he? I think he's their top scorer. Scores a lot, that lad. Yeah. I mean, hey, do, do I say it? He's one we should really maybe have a look at in the summer, maybe if we're you know looking for, for players who are in non-league doing well. Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst suggestion, I don't think. Um, but yeah, great to see Terry still doing well. So that's eleven appearances now and two goals in his loan spell. It's one of those ones you do look at though. With the uh, as we'll touch on in a bit, the debit injury. If he's out a bit longer, do you potentially bring Taylor back or not? That's a question, isn't it? Mm. Although we haven't, we, haven't, we haven't got really a ready replacement for Devitt, have we? No, I don't think Taylor is the same sort of player as him, but he's maybe no, a little but... bit more forward-thinking than Divine, for example, or Wheeler. Yeah, but... yeah. I don't know. There you go. 
Anyway, uh, up the other two, Tristan Abrahams, um, back to the bench for him this weekend, uh, last weekend, sorry, I should say, uh, just the five minutes on the pitch as well, but it was another win for the Mariners. They beat Yeovil 2-0 and they move uh, into the final playoff place in the National League. So, you know, potentially could get himself a promotion this season, Tristan, couldn't he? He's, he's, he's playing a part, isn't he, there? I think it's fair to say. Probably more than he would be for us right now with the signings we've made. So, it's, you know, good luck to the lad and hopefully... Uh, Keeps uh, they keep getting results and getting the playoffs at the end of the season. Um, finally, Manny Manpar, yet yeah, another defeat for the Terrors at the weekend. They lost three two at home to Wilston. It looks like Weymouth are probably going down. They're pretty much dead and buried now, aren't they? With the rest of the bottom three, um, not a good day for Manny though either because he didn't even come off the bench again. So that's five Ooh. appearances, one as a sub, no goal since he's gone there. I mean, he, I mean, he's not going to be staying with us next season. We're, we're pretty certain of that, aren't we? But yeah. I think he might struggle to get himself in the National League side at this rate, to be honest. Although, although you know, when you go to a struggling side, it can be difficult to make an impact, I suppose, can't it? So, mm. so there you go. There's not really much else to report in terms of loanies, is there? Dan, I think that's, uh, no, that's it. No, no, all, yeah, all quiet. Unless you want to briefly touch on uh, the Lucas Jensen update. Uh, he played for the under-23s at Burnley again. Uh, still officially on loan to us. Although I would be very surprised if we ever ever see him back at Brunton Park, he doesn't train here. It's just I I literally wonder if we've maybe just he's gone back, but we've kept it just in case. Yeah, you know. Yeah, possibly that might be it. But there you go. Right, well, let's get straight into the match reviews then, Dan. Um, so yeah, United two one win over Northampton Town, and then a two one defeat at home to Newport County. Um. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's it you feel a real euphoria about that result against Northampton, and you're a little bit of a downer for the Newport game straight afterwards, aren't we? It it, it mm. feels like a bit of a sort of come down. But there's plenty of positives to take from both games, isn't there? Because I think if you look at that Newport game, if you go back to like what two months, six weeks under Millen. We'd have lost that game by four or five, probably. Yeah, we'd have been three or four nil, probably. Yeah. Yeah, where they, where they would have comfortably beat us, but we didn't. We showed a good resolve in that game. We, you know, we worked hard, and and you know, we we could have nicked it at the end. We had a few chances. I don't. I wouldn't say we were, you know, proper banging on the door, but we, we certainly gave them something to think about. And you could certainly see they were fairly relieved to see the, hear the final whistle, weren't they? At the end, the Newport players. I mean, you were at the game. I only watched it on. Um, on the old uh, I follow, but um, but yeah, it was um, interesting one that one. Um, should we talk about the the goals in the Northampton game first, Dan? Yeah, yeah. What about Toby? Instant impact, wasn't it? Just just a bit. It's just incredible, wasn't it? I mean, it, 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 the way the way the impact he had after coming on was he, he just caused a nuisance, didn't he? Really, that was the big thing. Um, so I mean, one of those games, wasn't it? The first half was. Cagey-ish. I think. I think we probably shaded it on chances, didn't we? I think they played some okay stuff, Northampton. But you can see they're a side that are heavily reliant on set pieces, can't you? They had chances, but there weren't many on target, were there? You know, there was. I mean, I think they matched us pretty much in shots, maybe even a couple more. But in terms of actually getting them on target, there were very few, weren't there? Well, yeah, and the stats-wise, they've had actually had a few more shots than us, but only two of them were on target. I mean, the goal, and I genuinely can't remember the other one. I don't really remember Howard having many saves to make at all. No, that was no. the thing that stood out was their keep had a few. I mean, Dickinson had a long-range shot, didn't he? And we had a 
couple for Dennis in the first half as well. Um, but the goal finally came on the uh, 74th minute. Um, literally seconds after coming on, Toby Silva got the opening goal. I mean, it's very sort of route one, wasn't it, this goal? <laughs> in the way it happened. Yeah. It was big, long goal kick forward from Mark Howard. And, and I say Brendan Dickinson did brilliantly for this goal. Yeah, it was, to, you know, he, he kept the ball well and... You know, used a bit of strength, and then his his assist was was perfect, wasn't it? Yeah, so he's, he's kind of like he flicked on the goal kick, sort of up, battled with his defender, held him off, sort of flicked it over his own head, almost didn't he, to bring it down, and then just played the ball perfectly into the path of Silva. Didn't even have to take a touch, did he? Just let it come across him, and then he's literally his first touch was to. It was a lovely into, finish. It was a lovely uh, finish. Just inside the area, fired it into the bottom corner. Past the keeper, and uh, yeah, that's his third goal in what seven games, was it? I think since signing. Mm-hmm. You know, considering, I mean, some people make ridiculous comments when he first started playing, saying he was like one of the worst players I've ever seen for us. I mean, absolute nonsense, wasn't it? Really, he was coming into a side that was struggling. It was always going to be tough. Yeah, for him. yeah. And you can see there was a strange comment I read from him, something about yeah. his first league goal against Rochdale, and I'm thinking. Did you bang your head that much at Colchester? You forgot you scored. I think maybe he was maybe he was meaning that goal against Colchester. He just forgot. But there you go. Yeah. yeah but yeah, no, great, great to see him hit the back of the net and the, like the raw when he went in as well. You, oh, that, yeah. Yeah, I've not heard that Brunner Park for so long, have we? And it's and it's just really, really fantastic to to hear that. Um, a bit frustratingly though, only held on to that lead for five minutes, didn't we? And yeah, uh... I think. The big difference for Northampton's second half was when they brought Baz Labar on. Because I don't... I mean, the lad they had up front to start with wasn't overly impressed with him, if I'm honest, the big fella. Um, some nice touches that, but he never looked a goal for it. They put Sam Hoskins down the middle. He didn't score the goal, Hoskins, but they put him down the middle and he had a bit more of an impact. And then mm. Baz Labarlo, you probably remember for Crawley, don't we? Um, really yeah, impressive yeah. a couple of years ago. Went to Blackpool. Not really had the same impact there, but... Is he on loan at Northampton, I think, at the moment, yeah, the rest yeah. of the season? And he looked lively when he came in. As soon as he came on, I thought, oh, God. He, he's he's, a, he's a good player at this level, isn't he? Too good for this level, probably. Maybe not quite I, championship I level yet. I wonder if he's one of those who's probably best at home in League One. He's, yeah. He's too good for League Two. Don't think he's quite championship level yet. Yeah. But he, he was lively. He, he showed a nice bit of trickery on the, on the right and then managed to get across it into the box and Paul Lewis I mean he didn't really give Howard it much of a chance does, he? that's his fourth goal this season against us after the mm. hat trick in the the game down at Sixfield so um, yeah but what, one thing you noticed when this went in was that none of the players heads dropped did they and the crowd didn't suddenly get really agitated they they really got behind the team and I think that made a massive difference and well let's talk about the winner Dan where do you even start with this it I mean well, yeah Two absolute brain farts from the Northampton defence. What they were doing, I don't know. I mean, so basically, initially comes again from a long kick forward from Howard, didn't it? Um, Shasilva wins a flick on. He sort of flicks it very high and out to the wing. There was no one up with him. So he decided, well, I'm just going to have to chase my own flick on here, aren't I? And I don't think the defender was expecting him to, to get across so quickly. And he got across and... There was a bit of a sort of tussle, wasn't there? But it wasn't like a foul or anything like that, was it? It was just, you know, Shasilva got in front of him, showed his strength. Shasilva fe- fell to the floor. I don't think there was a foul at any point, really, when you look back at it. And then the Northampton player sort of jumps over Shasilva and, and grabs the ball on the ground. 
thinking he's going to get a free kick. And quite rightly, the linesman says, well, no, it's a handball. What are you doing? I watched the replay on the different angles from like the pitch side mm. blue stuff and that. And I still can't work out why he handled it. Yeah, because there's no obvious like there's he's no tugging him back or... There's nobody near him and, you know... The thing is, he does it, and if you actually look at it, if he'd waited a second or two more, Silva was going to get up and would probably have ended up bundling him over and conceding a free kick. But he decided to take it into his own hands. Well, actually, I'm going to get the free kick anyway. I'll just grab it. It was just weird. and I, I, mean, I mean, their manager, John Bray, talked absolutely rot about this after the game, I've got to say. Said it was, yeah. you know, never a free kick or anything. But, I mean, it's as blatant as it gets when you look back on the replay. To be fair, their press were saying, from what I saw on Twitter afterwards, that... It was stupid. There was no need for him to do it. Really, really idiotic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even then, though, the free kick from the right wing, sort of in front of where the netting is between the home and away fans in the East Stand, guy whips it in. And it's going out. It's going over yeah. and out. There's no one behind the defender, Horsfall. And for whatever reason, he goes almost to head it and thinks, I can't get on the header. And he sticks his arm out. And bundles it behind with his arm. And like when he did it, we were all like, we all shouted handball, but we're all like, has he actually just done that? Yeah. In the, 90, yeah. In the 93rd minute of this game, has he actually just decided to? Yeah. Uh, I was baffling. Absolutely baffling. And Not complaining, though? Oh, oh, no, not complaining at all. And to be fair, none of the Northampton players complained. It was one of the ones that, like, oh no, he didn't. He chested it. He chested it. He knew. He knew he'd been yeah. you know, caught red handed, basically. Um, and obviously I think Simmer said after the game they didn't know who was going to take penalties because Dennis is down to take penalties for us at the moment and obviously he was off the pitch by this point so upstep Jordan Gibson I think he's taken one already this season and I think he won yeah, one yeah, against yeah, Stevenage yeah. and fair play nerves of steel wasn't it stepped up waiting for the keeper to move and just put it the other way Bedlam I, noise nothing, I've not heard noise like that in such a long time there was people Standing up on the dugouts and things like that, wasn't it? It was, ah, oh, just when Britain Park's like that, it's, it's such a good place to be, isn't it? There's no better place, is there? No, it's incredible. I mean, you had a great view of it all as well up in the in the beast, and we had a great view in the paddock. I mean, I can't imagine what it'd been like in the Warwick end watching that penalty going as well. <laughs> nice to see the Warwick bouncing as well. So that was great stuff. Um, we'll talk about the goals in the Newport game then, and we'll talk some some general points. Um. Yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit frustrating. The Newport game. Um, first goal came on fifteen minutes. Dimitriou. I mean, to be fair, it's a really good set piece, isn't it? Yeah, the I ball whipped in. Really, really terrific whip ball. Dimitriou gets in, powers in, and basically hammers the header past Howard. Howard had absolutely no chance on this. But um, only thing I maybe pick out from this is maybe Simeu could do better. Mm, possibly. It's one of those ones where you look and you think. He maybe should be holding on to his mic. It's a learning curve for him, isn't it? I suppose someone like Dimitri's got a bit of experience at this level. I think he should really probably be picking up a little bit better there. Um, second goal in 65 minutes. Um, it was a sloppy one, this one, wasn't it? It just just not not great to watch this. I think it's fair to say. Um, Newport got away. I think it all originally came, I think, from Gibson giving the ball away, didn't it? I think deep in their half which he did quite a lot against Newport, to be fair. Um, they get away down the, the right. Um, Collins has got acres of space. Picks out Azaz on the edge of the box, and he hammers a shot onto the roof for the net. Really good finish. Um, 
a lot of people sort of criticising McDonald's a little bit on this one. Interesting. I mean, when you, I've watched it back on YouTube again because I sort of at the time I didn't really sort of pick it up. But if you watch, actually, he gets away, Collins, and McDonald's is screaming at Feeney saying, "Get across, get across!" I think McDonald was going to get back into the middle, but he doesn't. So then McDonald sort of starts to make a move across, and in the end, it was easy for him to take out the two defenders and pick out Azaz, wasn't it? I wonder if some of that confusion on the second was down to Feeney just being used to Mellish beside him recently. Yeah, probably as much as that. And having more of an understanding, you know, McDonald's been out a while. I did wonder if there was a little bit of that in it. And yeah. From, from, from what Paul Simpson said, I don't think McDonald would have started, but Mellish was running late because his, his partner's pregnant at the moment and I think there'd been a little issue and uh, he couldn't guarantee he'd be there on time. As it was, he got there for half six, but he made the decision to start McDonald. I just wondered if it was, you know, just the defence. Because we also had Robertson for Armour on the left as well, didn't we? Yeah. So Not an ideal That whole side make. was, you know, that whole side was a, a little bit, bit. changed. Yeah. Yeah, just a bit, bit difficult, wasn't it? Um, got one back with 10 minutes to go. Mari Patrick. Um, seventh goal in 14 appearances. He's now equal the number of goals he got in his first spell with the club. In like I think three times as quickly as something <laughs> Two like that. It's yeah. like well, it shows that he probably is a striker these days, isn't he? A striker who can play a bit out wide as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's doing really well. Um, good play by Divine down the right, wasn't it? I think a good little bit of interchange passing actually before that I should say. Then Riley sort of played a bit of a hospital ball straight at Divine's chest. He did well to control it, and then he just thought, "I'm just going with it," didn't he? And he just kept going down the right, kept going. Eventually, got into a bit of space got a ball into the box and it eventually found its way to Patrick and full credit to Patrick. I thought he he showed great um, resilience to hold off his man, quick little turn on the ball and, it, and it, it's kind of a, it's a weird goal, isn't it, Dan? Because he sort of... I, I think their keeper will be a little bit disappointed with it because it just sort of rolls in, doesn't it? But I think it's because he, he doesn't, he doesn't actually connect with it cleanly if you watch it. He almost digs it into the ground. Whether that's deliberate or not, if it is, it's a smart move because it sort of bobbles over the keeper. The keeper doesn't have time to react. I think if he'd actually caught it cleanly, I think the keeper might have actually done a bit better with it. But I think it just completely bamboozled him. And yeah, gave us a route back into the game, but it was just wasn't quite enough, was it? And um, County held on to get all three points. Um, we've got a dreadful record against them, though, haven't we, really, since they've come back in the league. I think we've only won two or three games, maybe, so... There you go. Um, yeah, in terms of sort of general talking points, I mean, the first one's the obvious one, isn't it? One in front of a big crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How long- I was I, I was having a look back. Uh, someone mentioned when did we last win in front of a big crowd, and I think I found a game with Lincoln. We won with about six thousand eight hundred in, which for the last sort of since we've been mm. back in League Two is a decent crowd. I mean, I suppose you'd say that's a, above average, but if you, you're talking above. So above seven thousand, for instance. Yeah, I would. I, I think people deem big crowds eight thousand plus at Brunton yeah. Park for some reason. And, and for the last one of those, I don't know who it'd be. You know, you might even have it'd to be go. Keynes, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, we didn't win that one, though, did we? we? Lost two. Was it two yeah. or three one against them? You might even be going back as far as something like that Huddersfield game. 
where we we beat them about ten years ago. Remember the one where sure. Miller's back header? I can't. It's difficult to think really because we've not really had that many big sort of promotion chasing games in the same sort of no, style. No. But we haven't had much since we came back in. God, God no, we haven't have we really. I mean, a lot of good stuff in the cups, but it's been away from him a lot of it, hasn't it? So yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's fantastic and just. Hearing a positive crowd at Brunton Park as well that actually got behind the team for most of the game as well. It's the impact Simpson has had. You you cannot. I know he's tried to play it down himself, hasn't he? But you can't underestimate it. And the fact that people have a bit of belief in the team right now, don't they? Yeah, I, I walked uh, back up into town with a mate after the match on Saturday, and there was just a buzz on Warwick Road. You know, it was like yeah, not felt that in a while coming out of the ground. You know, it was like. And one number of young kids who were suddenly coming, yeah, brilliant. Because I, I do think we slightly missed a bit of a generation. But you know, don't get us wrong. There's a couple of them being silly, running on the pitch. Yeah. Obviously, some sort of some sort of dare thing, you know. Yeah. It's, and you know, I think one of them did actually get lifted, like handcuffed. I don't know if it was just a scare tactic or what, but. Uh, you know, was that the little ginger kid who managed to get all the way over to the away yeah, fans? I, I, I think that'll maybe uh, put the dampeners on it. You know, I mean, it is just hijinks, but it's yeah, yeah. you know, as a one-off, you could accept it, but it's a second game going, and you know, it only takes a referee to put it in his report, and you know, yeah, yeah, especially if it keeps happening as well. If That's it keeps you... happening, you you could end up with points after the fine. You know, mm, you could do indeed. I mean. You could almost get it with the Swindon game, the what it's called, not Swindon, sorry, the um, Shrewsbury game, you know, and all the this this um, this content around about that time as well. But right now, the only aim is to stay in the league, so it's, there's no need for any silly behaviour. Like Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury in the FA Cup. Do you remember the? Uh, the oh yes, I, 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 that's, that's how far yeah, back we're going. I was just thinking when you play Shrewsbury <laughs> in the league. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think that one of the funniest things was one of the young lads, the taller one, I think it was, who ran off, embarrassingly managed to get caught by a seventy odd year old stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like he, did, he was like, "Come on, lad, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, show yourself to be yeah. a bit more mobile yeah. at least." But there you go. So yeah, I, th- I think it's something the club have mentioned. It needs to start stop for now. I mean, we know it happens at the end of the season when you know you get promotion and stuff like that. It's inevitable. But right now, what there's not. You don't need to be doing that, but there you go. Um, but yeah, fantastic to see the Warwick so busy as well, you know, and bouncing as well. Like you said, those Ooh. young kids in there, they're really getting behind the team, aren't they? And and they've got to harness that. If we can harness that over the next few years and, you know, and more young kids come in and, and whatnot, you can have a Warwick road and that's full of flags and things like that. And, you know, the fans really getting behind the team. That'll be the place to go for all the young ones. Not for me, I'm too old now. I'm very, <laughs> very much a panicked one of these days. So, uh, yeah. so there you go. Um, Creatures of habit. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, th- th- this game, the Northampton one, I mean, I think Simeon got man of the match for it, didn't he? I mean, hard to disagree with that. Him, Feeney again was outstanding at the back. Simeon and Feeney were the two standouts for me from that game. And Mellish is just getting on with his job, isn't he, at the moment? He's just, yeah. he's, for me, he's a defender again. And if... If you're starting to think about next season at some point soon, hopefully if we get enough points to sort of secure our place, I think maybe another two or three wins will probably do it. I think you've got to build a defence around, if you're going to play a back three, which I think probably works, I think you do. You build it around having Feeney as your centre-back, of the centre of your three, 
Mellish on the left and then maybe look and get someone else in because I'd imagine Simeon next season Southampton will probably want to get out to a League One club I'd, I'd expect yeah, if not championship, possibly, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so. I, I think he can play right as well, you know. I mean, if, yeah. if you can get like a Gerrard or a Hill type, you know. I mean, yeah. No, no disrespect to Rod McDonald, but I think there's better out there, you know. And that's, yeah. That's not, that's not a slant on him in any way. I, just, I think if we want to start improving, we need to just try and get a bit better, you know. Yeah. One of the frustrating things about this game against Northampton there would be the injury to Devitt, wouldn't it? Because he's, cer- he's certainly made an impact since coming back in, isn't he? He's, he's basically marshalling that midfield. He's, he's, he's keeping the ball really well and he, and he, and he works hard for the team. He, he, we've been getting our 60 minutes out of him. So for him to pull up rather than be sub just to give him a rest was really he frustrating. Got, uh, he got scanned on Tuesday, Paul Simpson said, and they were waiting to hear whether it'd be a couple of weeks or maybe a bit longer, so... Yeah, I think if it's longer, you know, he'd probably only have, I think maybe like the last three, three games, four games possibly yeah. left. So hopefully it's just the two weeks. So be back for Bristol yeah. Rovers or Rochdale away maybe. But um, but he's definitely made an impact. I mean, someone else was saying this to me that I speak to at games and stuff, and he was saying like one thing he noticed was that Devitt was practically refereeing the game against Northampton. <laughs> There's a few yeah. times when the officials weren't 100% sure about decisions and he was screaming at them saying, it's ours, it's ours, whatever. And they were giving it to us. And you might think, oh, he's not, that's not him doing it. But, but it does have an impact. Players who, uh, who are vocal and will speak and, you know, speak up to the ref do get decisions quite often. And we've been quite soft with that this season, haven't we? Until he came in, I think it's fair to say. You, you notice that the, 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 the team's definitely a bit more... Behind each other now, isn't it? There's definitely we've, a bit more. We've, fight. we've missed that in general, Lord. Just, I'm, I'm not. It's certainly not dark arts Newport level, but just a little bit of in-game management. You know, yeah. you know, a little bit of stuff like what happened against Oldham with the with the penalty. You know, yeah, yeah. They playing silly you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying but... to think of the word to describe it, but just yeah. not cunning. But you know, just it's a bit of nouse, a bit of experience. Yeah, yeah, you know? nouse. That's probably the best word. Yeah, for it. yeah, definitely. But um, it's, it's actually a shame that Devitt will likely miss Saturday, you know. Oh, yeah, because I'm pretty sure he would have been up for that game, wouldn't he? I think it's fair yeah. to say. Um, not going to be that many car connections that game now, uh, in the Barrow side at least anyway, no. But uh, we'll have yeah, to wait and still see. Still one or two. Still, still one or two, one but not two. as many, not as many. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was just the feeling at the final whistle. And like that's the first time in a long time as well that barely anybody's left at the end. To cut the team off, you think like the Swindon game, there was barely anyone left in the ground, wasn't there? I know the Barrow tickets had a bit to do with that, but you know, there was barely anyone remaining. This game, there were so many people still there to clap them off at the end, right until the last player came off as well. And that 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 shows the sort of belief that Simo's given to the team at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so Newport game, four changes, not not all of them in fourth. Some of them were, some of them weren't. Um, the enforced ones obviously they're unavoidable we mentioned Mellish already you know that that just happened and it's just the way it and is and Devitt and Devitt yeah obviously because of the injury the other two were um, Dennis coming out for show Silver and Armour coming out for Roberts uh, Simmons explanation I, 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 could, I could see why with for show Silver one yes you know, yeah I could, I could grasp that I could grasp that yeah and it, it, you know it's sometimes good to rotate up top you know yeah definitely it, it, for me the with the Roberts one and Armour one, I, I, I think, I, yeah, I, did a bit, I was a bit, when I saw that, I was like, mm, 
Is he injured or not? Is he? And when he said he wasn't, I was like, mm, not sure I would have made that change personally, but obviously I, I wonder if he would have made that change if he'd known about Melish. Possibly not. It's maybe one of those ones you look if, if he'd known about he, Melish. He's, 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 maybe, he's maybe said to the two of them on Monday, look, I'm going to give you a little rest tomorrow, Jack. Give uh, give uh, Roberts a game. Jack's went, yeah, no bother. And then he's, he's had uh, Melish had to ring up and say, look, I'm running late. Yeah, and then he's you know you can't really go back after you know promising the yeah. game. It's and it's whether you'd want to throw Rod back into the team that quickly as well, really. Yeah. When he's come back from injury. Well, I, 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 think, I think Simpson said afterwards he he wasn't planning on playing uh, McDonald and Dickinson as long as he did, but you know sometimes yeah. it happens. Sometimes it does indeed. Obviously, Roberts came off for. On in this game, and Dickinson slotted into left wing back. Did okay there, actually. I think to be fair, Dickinson. Um, want to have a quick word on Omatoy, actually, because you know he's one we've been sort of a bit dismissive of, and saying you know he's he's been a really poor signing and stuff like that. And I think up until now he hasn't looked a, a good player at all. But credit where it's due, I thought he looked really lively when he came on this game, and he caused problems. And I think because we, we switched to a three four three, didn't we? At that point when he came on, basically we had Patrick out right, Omatoy left, and. Silver down the middle. I think he he could really really good job in that role. You know, what do you think? He looked he looked better than any other time he's played. Yeah, he looked like he had a bit of belief in him, and he was taking on his man. Yeah. And I know he had that chance where he he skied over the bar. But if you watch it back, as he's trying to get into position, he accidentally clips his own heel. And that means he stumbles and he can't quite get himself sorted to actually yeah, get the shot yeah. away. Really frustrating because if he hadn't done that, I think he would have scored probably from that position. But but yeah, he, he looked lively and 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 if it, it it does beg the question: Why was Keith Millen trying to play him as a central striker? Because mm. it looks pretty clear to me that's the role he he should be playing. And I think that's it. To be fair, Simmons actually said after the game, "That's the role I see you playing as you know a wide player who's going to cause problems and you know take on his man." And every time he got it, he tried to take on his man. He didn't look like he had was lacking confidence, which is really, really good to see as well. So, yeah, fair play to the lad. You know, he, he, he did really well when he came on. Um, Silva, probably one of his better starts for us, but not quite the same impact as when he's been coming on as a sub, was it? No. Uh, at the moment, he just seems to see him coming off the bench, doesn't he? Yeah. It's, I mean, I know he won't want to be sort of pigeoned into that role you know every player wants to start but at the moment I was going to say I was going to say Mike had said this to me the other day I think it was he's saying like it's quite like um, Glenn Murray in the way he sort of um, he's coming on as a sub and he's all bustling and he's all a bit a little because Murray had a, a little bit of pace when he was with us you know he could get away from a man and he just causes nuisance when he comes on and defenders don't know how to deal with him but when he starts games, he's just not quite up to it yet. Doesn't mean he won't be in the long term, but he's got that kind of style about him, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, uh, Glenn Murray obviously didn't get didn't get lots of chances here, but when he did come off the bench, it could be useful. And you know, going forward into next season, you look at who we've got signed up striker wise. You know, we know Shaw Silver's here, we know Dennis is here. Young Fishburne will be your first year pro. Patrick, you know, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see what we do, you know. Yeah, because I, 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 well, maybe we'll have a discussion about this next week, actually, before the um, 
for after the Barrow game, but we'll, we'll have to, maybe actually wait a couple of games before we get a couple more wins on the board, maybe <laughs> before we start talking about what we'd do for next season. Because I've we've, we've discussed this, haven't we, in, in one of our WhatsApp chats about who we'd keep and who we wouldn't. And um, yeah, it throws up a lot of interesting debates because there are quite a few still already tied down for next season. And you don't want to have a squad that's already too top heavy, do you? I think it was about 13 or 14, wasn't it? I think my squad, I won't go into detail now, but basically, I think actually in total you would have 21 players already, but of those four are first-year pros, so probably send out at least three of them out on loan maybe. And then four of them players in the squad, I would tell them they can leave basically who are under contract yeah, for next season. look for a move. Yeah, I think you could probably work out who some of those might be potentially. But um, but yeah, it, 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 it's a fun to judge, isn't it? Like, like I said... Newport, probably one of the better sides we faced this season. Not quite as good as Forest Green, where the two games we played them, but so well drilled, and they clearly you can see why they're up near the top. And I wouldn't be too good if they went up, to be honest, because it takes a long distance away game out of the league. Although they're still not being there, so a bit annoying that I haven't ticked it off yet. You've ticked it off, haven't you? I can't remember if you have. Yeah, it's it's nothing to get excited about. No, certainly not. Certainly not. So, um, So there you go. But yeah. Five games in under Simo, 12 points. Couldn't really have asked for much more, could you? Well, you could have asked for 15, but yeah, you'd have been greedy if you'd done that. But, um, but the impact he's had, and he's, he's done quite a few like podcasts and interviews and things like that, hasn't he, I think, since he's come in. And I just get the impression that he'd like to stay, but the off-the-field issues are kind of making him reluctant to make any sort of promise, isn't it? Yeah. I think if we could get Dean Henderson transferred as soon as the season <laughs> finishes, well, similar work for him, lot, didn't he? Get him yeah, we'll make, we'll make it a lot cleaner, wouldn't it? I think basically, we, the debt issue needs to be resolved as soon as possible, and the club needs to, yeah. to be aware of that because there's a really big opportunity potentially to keep, to keep Simo and let him build something in the summer. Whether they take that or not, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But um, but yeah, reasonably happy over those two games. I, I'm not not absolutely furious or devastated about the Newport result because we, we we showed a bit of battle and resolve so we've got three go. points from games against second and third yeah which you can't knock no you can't knock at all right well let's take a quick break then Dan before we come back and we'll preview the Barrow game this is John Mellish you listen to the Brunton Bugle and we're back for part two of the Brunton Bugle um, okay so as usual this season, uh, the podcast has been sponsored by the Kyle United Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Kyle United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, of course. Uh, every part of London and the South East, they regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events and sports games and do fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of their preview se- the, our preview section, I should say, this season too. You can find out more about London Branch at their website, carlalondonbranch.org. Uh, quick reminder as well, actually, you can subscribe to the podcast uh, via all good podcast apps, whether that's Acast, Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anything like that. You just click uh, subscribe on whatever app you use. Every time a new episode comes out, it'll come straight into your little inbox on the app. And obviously, you can give us a review on some of those ones as well. I think ACA, uh, sorry, Apple and Spotify are the two main ones to give us reviews. I think we're, we're on five stars for most of them as well, which is very, very generous. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, and very you can, Yep. And you can follow us on social media, uh, at Brunton Bugle on Twitter, 
you can find the Brunner Bugle on Facebook. Just search for it and click like. And uh, we're also on the Cumberings.net message board and the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group. And as ever, if you want to go the old-fashioned way, drop us an email, Bugle at gmail.com. Um, yep, yeah, so looking ahead to this weekend's game, the London Branch of Centre over the pub that they've... Uh, their pub of choice, it's the Duke of Edinburgh. I think it's right by the station, isn't it? It's pretty much across the road from it. Yeah, when when from, from memory, it's two years since I made yeah. a banner. You come out of the station, to get to Holker Street, you basically turn right. Yes. Walk yeah, up the road, over the crossroads, and you can't miss it. Yeah. The Duke of Edinburgh is just on the left-hand side, I think. I think it's basically, there's a, when you come out of the station, as you say, you turn right, but it's actually a crossroads. If you come out and you go straight across the crossroads, sort of top left, if you, if you want to put it that way, northwest, if you're looking straight at it, um, you basically come to where the Duke Edinburgh is. You, you can't yeah. miss it by all accounts when you come out. I'm presuming, as away fans, we're allowed to go in there. I've not heard any, anything otherwise. I'm guessing London. It wouldn't checked. surprise me if it's our designated pub for the game. It makes sense, doesn't it? Right by the station. and then the, yeah. I'm sure they'll want to march us up to the ground at some point, I guess. But yeah. there you go. Um, okay, Dan, this is the section of the show, of course, where we do our behind enemy lines uh, part. That's obviously where we talk to an opposition fan ahead of the big game. Uh, obviously, this weekend we're playing Barrow, so we took the time to speak to Adam Johnson, who is the BBC Radio Cumbria commentator for Barrow Games. Um, Adam very kindly gave up his time. He had a very busy schedule ahead of the game, so really, really appreciate him giving up a bit of time to speak to us. Um, what did we talk about? Well, we talked about what Blues fans can expect from their trip to Furnace this weekend, any future plans for Holker Street, and how the former Blues have been getting on in their squad. Here's the chat I had with Adam earlier this week. Adam, last summer when Barrow appointed Mark Cooper as manager to replace the, the three different managers you had last season, um, you made some decent recruitment, and there was a bit of expectation, I think, that Barrow might do a little bit better this season than, than they did last time out, obviously, when you were Basically, your main aim was to keep yourselves in the league in that first season back. It's not quite happened this season, has it? What what, what do you think the reason is behind that? I think there's been a lot of issues, um, both both on and off the pitch, I think, really, um, during the course of, of of the summer. I think following Mark Cooper's appointment, I mean, he did all his recruitment early, so on, on, on that level, um, I don't think that was one of the major issues, but certainly the, the training ground situation, they, they didn't have a, a settled training base in the summer, which which meant they were pretty much having to work and, and try and find places that they could train. And, and sometimes they were turning up at venues and they are just unable to train there. So it, it, it made things a bit scratched during the summer, which meant the start to the season, they weren't, 100% prepared they were having to basically use the first couple of months of the active you know league season as as a form of a pre-season to to get the players fit so they they weren't firing at all cylinders right at the start of the season i think they had a little patch where results did start going for them they had a you know put together two or three very very good wins which which saw them up, up the table but there was always that little bit of a, of a nearly side. They were either scoring goals but weren't keeping them out or if they switched to a more defensive side, they just... Hello everyone, Lee here. Just a little note, uh, the sound cut out on Adam's feed here, so I don't know exactly what he said, so it sounds a bit weird, it cuts back in, but nothing I could do really. I didn't want to spoil the, the flow of the interview, so there you go. That had the effect on, on how they would fare during the campaign, I think. Looking at your most recent form, Adam, the, the, you have quite a long runway. You've only had a few wins in there, but you've not lost a huge amount of games, have you? You've drawn quite a few, especially in recent weeks. 
what's the reason behind that? Is it just a struggle to score goals as much as anything? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, they never really replaced Scott Quigley uh, in the summer. Um, that's been the the big the big thing I think that that supporters have picked up on, and I think it's it's a big thing that Mark Cooper himself has realised as well. Uh, they tried it with Zanzale; it, it didn't quite work out for him one way or another, and ultimately they've just not had that main focal striker up front. They've got plenty of players that that get in positions, plenty of players that you could probably classes as, as second strikers that if you have the main key man up front then they'd be able to work off them I mean Josh Gordon being one of them he's, he's been a, a good addition to the squad but he's not the kind of player that's going to score you 10, 15, 20 goals which yeah. which you need to, to be a success at this level so ultimately I mean the creating chances just Tuesday night just gone for example they had five, six real good opportunities and, and, and we're talking 1v1s um, that that they didn't put away, and and that's the ultimate thing, really. The amount of chances that they've created in games, they've just not scored them defensively. They've been solid, they've been sound, but they've just got no one at the other end of the field to 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 bag those goals, and that that's evident with the the amount of nil nil draws that the sides had this season. Looking away from the league there this season, which hasn't been quite as good for you. The cup runs been pretty good. I mean, the FA Cup especially that must have been a particularly for you as a commentator. You're getting your commentary was on all kinds of different places, wasn't it? For the um, the game at Barnsley, I mean, what a game that was! Well, yeah, I mean, there's me here talking about Barrows uh, struggling to score goals, and then there's me commentating <laughs> on a nine goal thriller at Oakwell in the FA Cup. But yeah, the, the cup's been the cup's been fantastic for the club. I mean, just at the start of the season, it, it shows how vital staying in the Football League is because you win one game in the League Cup and then next minute you've got a sell-out crowd in front of the, the Sky TV cameras at, yeah. at Holker Street against a side like Aston Villa. I mean, yes, the result wasn't fantastic, but it, it was one of those games that the result the result was an afterthought. What it was about was was getting the club out there in, in the public eye, having that fantastic sell-out at uh, you know, memories, memories for for some people, and and to try and attract new supporters to the club. And there's no better way to do it than have a, a Sky TV fixture against you know a, a team like Aston Villa uh, in in the League Cup. And we followed that on the the look that they've had in the cups has been fantastic this season. A, a TV game against uh, Banbury in the in the first round, followed up with a replay against Ipswich, which was televised, and a you know fantastic two 0 victory against Ipswich. At, at Holker Street to set up that third round tie against Barnsley and I think financially the club has certainly reaped rewards from the cup runs and I think for the club in general it's been fantastic again trying to to build that fan base and and trying to put the club in into a right step for for moving forward and being able to build on it. Yeah. Uh, talk about Holker Street itself obviously for Carl fans it's going to be probably for a lot of them their first ever visit to Holker Street because it's the first time we've played you in a competitive fixture for, what, 54 years, something like that, with fans being able to attend. Um, some will have gone to friendlies. I've been to a couple of friendlies down there in the past. But what can what can Blues fans expect when they get to Hulk Street? I know it's it, it's not probably like a lot of league grounds they've been to. And I know that you obviously, you've done a bit of work over the summer. Is there any other plans as well to, to do more renovations at Barrow? Uh, well, it is very much work in progress. Um, obviously, the Hulk Street end now has has the roof on it, which, which was one of the big... The big building things on the back of the the promotion being being announced and Barrow being promoted into the football league, um, they've they've added to the the away part of that. So you, there's 112 seats inside the the covered part of the Holker Street end. 
there's a there's a bit next to the seats which is which is covered which the supporters will be able to have and then there's the corner which sadly is open to the elements so it's your left fingers crossed that it's going to be some good weather um, put on Barrow tomorrow afternoon um, the catering side of things the club have worked hard to to sort uh, an actual bar facility that away fans can use in the corner of the the Holker Street end so there's all that in there in terms of in, in terms of ongoing work th- there is um seats more seats that do need to be put into into the ground which the the board and and other people are working tirelessly on about where they're going to go so that's pretty much going to be the building job during the summer and then all in all it's it's just a case of of, of build as it goes it's it's very much an ongoing project the the ground before uh, everything started really happening had got into a sense of of disrepair it, it was it was unloved for for a lot of years um, the new board that, that that came in on the back of the departure of the Cassins straight away worked on improving the ground at Holker Street and, and pretty much it's been ongoing building work after building work after building work every year, every summer that ground does not switch off it becomes a building site as soon as the final the final ball's been kicked pretty much right up until the first ball gets kicked in pre-season, sometimes even during pre-season there's still bits and bobs of, of, of building work ongoing at the ground so it is very much a, a working project but yeah the, the the board never rest until um the work is done on that ground and, and one of the key people involved in the in the board at the ground that that's his trade he's not a football supporter in, in any shape or form but his trade is building and and he wants to to provide something there at, at, at holker street for for the supporters well, hopefully they'll keep going as well. It's one of those things, isn't it? I suppose when you get promoted to the league, your first priority is to keep yourselves in the league as much as anything, isn't it? Rather than looking at doing building work on the ground and stuff like that. Let's talk about the ex-Blues in your squad then. What I'll do is I'll leave out Tom White and Connor Brown because they didn't really get involved as much at Carlisle, so it's probably not so much to talk about them. Um, I want to talk more about, obviously, you've mentioned Paul Farmer and he's, again, like he was for us, brilliant clean sheet record this season. Uh, Pat Bruff, who's basically an ever-present pretty much for you guys as well. And um, Mike Jones, who's probably been a little bit more unfortunate, I think it's fair to say, over his two years with you. Um, just tell us a little bit how, about how those three are getting on. Oh, Paul Farman, as you said, I think um, he stands for himself, doesn't he? He's a fantastic, experienced goalkeeper. And, and when the club pretty much knew that they were going to lose Joel Dixon, the first thing that they had to do was go out there and identify a good replacement for him and I think in Paul Farman I think you've got that he's got obviously a lot more experience than Joel Dixon did have and and I think it shows I think he's 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 a good solid person in there he's, he's communication I think with his back line as well it's evident and sadly the one thing that I don't think Barrow have seen a lot of is his distribution because that's mm. one of the things that stood out straight away is you, you know how good he can be on the on the distribution side of things, and yeah. I think Barrow have played a lot more out from the back, and so that takes really that out of the out of the equation for for Paul Farman. Although the the fourth goal against uh, Barnsley in the in the FA Cup game did come from uh, a long punted ball forward from Paul Farman, so I think you've seen it in, in brief sparks, but maybe not on the full. But overall, I mean, twelve clean sheets this season. That that just shows really how many points he's actually won the, the side probably on his own at, at times when they've been lacking on the goal scoring front. Patrick Bruff, 
I mean, again, he's another player that's so so reliable for Barrow. He's he's played in a number of positions for the club since since being signed by Ian Everett. He he started off as a left back in a back four, then he moved into to centre half in the in the promotion winning season. Then following Everett's departure, he was moved out to to left wing back. Even at times last season, being played as a as a left centre forward. Um, six goals with his name last campaign, so uh, that hence hence the Cumbrian Carlos nickname that he was dubbed, and and I think he, he's gone on from there. He's not been as prolific on the attacking side of things this season, and again he's been sacrificed a little bit and and forced back into a more defensive role back at centre half. But you can always guarantee that he's going to give you a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent every time he goes out on the field. He's a he's a fantastic professional and. And yeah, he's been he's just been a great addition ever since he's come into the club. Um, Mike Jones, you've just got to feel for the guy because when he when he first came in, he, he was contributing well and he, he was looking at a big part of of David Dunn's midfield, not just for his experience but his his ability as well. Um, scored two, three very very good goals for for the club and and his overall gameplay was was certainly a big plus as well. Then he picked up that unfortunate injury and sadly he's just never really been able to to recover from that injury. He's back in and amongst the squad this season, but it's just, I think the problem is there, this midfield has been one of the areas where Barrow have not really needed to to strengthen. They've, yeah. they've had a lot of good quality numbers in the central midfield positions. I mean, when you look at Jordan Stevens, Robbie Gotts, uh, Tom White, who you've you've already mentioned briefly, uh, Ollie Banks, who's the top scorer this season with with eleven goals, and then you throw in John Rooney being brought back into the side in January. It's it's just it's going to be so hard for somebody to to break into that midfield role. And but from from what I gather, I mean, I've just finished speaking to Mark Cooper now doing the the pre match interview, and very much he's he's put credit on on Mike Jones, although he's not playing. He's still a big part in and around the dressing room with you know his leadership and everything else. So he's still played a, a, a massive part in in what Barrow are trying to do. Yeah, he's a great character, Mike Jones, and I think over his sort of three or four years with us, you know, he was really popular for that as well. The fact that he was just a good person to have around the club as much as anything, and I'm sure all Carla fans are, are pretty gutted for him, as we are obviously for, for Jamie Devitt. Obviously, we're we're recording this after. We've already recorded the the pod where we weren't sure what was happening with Jamie Devitt, and obviously, sad news is he's out for the season with his hamstring injury. So, won't talk about too much about him um, in terms of the ones who've departed. But a quick one on Mark Ellis, and obviously you mentioned earlier uh, Zanzala. Um, just a small bit about why they've moved on. I think Ellis just wasn't getting games really, was he? And Zanzala, they just seemed to be a bit of a just just didn't work out for him since he, he joined you. Uh, with Mark Ellis, I mean, he started the season, he was very much ever-present, and then I think he just lost his place in the side. And and again, they've 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 strengthened since then. Now, Canavan has, has been brought in. And uh, when you look at the... Mark Cooper very much wants to play a back three. He always tries to stick to his formations, and a back three is one of his main things. And he just couldn't get in the side, Mark Ellis, and... When, when you're at the age that he is, you just want to play football, don't you? You want game time. Solihull have come yeah. in, have offered a, a good loan opportunity for him and and, and, he, and he's moved on from there. And, you know, you wish him the, the, the very best. He's, he's a great professional. And again, I'm, I'm sure, even though he wasn't playing, I'm sure he would have been a great person in and around the dressing room that, that, that would have helped the players massively. But you, you can't stand in the way of someone wanting game time. 
Zanzala, it's it's just so frustrating because he started the season. He was one of the players that unfortunately picked up an injury in the first preseason game against Holker. So it took him pretty much the whole of preseason. He was gone. It was a write-off. He came back in in the Scunthorpe game in the in the League Cup. He was a, a substitute in the second half in that game, putting a, a good performance in the the, the twenty or so minutes that he was on the field. He looked sharp. He looked bright. Three minutes into the following game where he starts against Hartlepool, he goes on a solo run, scores an absolute fantastic finish. And you're thinking, here we go, you've got something here. But unfortunately, that's all it was. It was just little sparks here and there where he'd show quality and then he'd disappear and fade off into games. And and again, pretty much like the Mark Ellis situation, it got to a point where he wasn't getting game time. He needed game time to try and break the, the rut that he was in with scoring goals and I think ultimately again Exeter came in they offered a, a good opportunity for him and he, and, he, and he's moved on now and, and you wish him the very best at, at Exeter for the rest of this season whether whether the opportunity could be there for him to, to come back in the summer because he, he was on a two year deal so whether that is an opportunity there if he can redevelop refine his form refine his foot in Exeter you know whether he comes back in the summer a bit more refreshed, a bit more recharged. But again, it's just it's just frustration really that it didn't work out the way that, to say, three minutes into his first start, you're thinking this is this is something good here. Maybe they have replaced Scott Quigley. Maybe this is the guy that is going to go and score 15, 20 goals. But sadly, it just didn't work out. He's a strange one, Zanzana. When he was with us, there was a feeling of when when he was, like you said, when he was on it, he was un- unplayable. You know, you couldn't deal with him. But it, it took him about seven or eight games to actually get up to speed with us at the start, which probably frustrated things. But there you go. Adam, I really appreciate you giving your time. Um, before we finish, we always ask for a prediction. Uh, I know it's difficult for you because you don't want to put a commentator's curse on it. But have you got a prediction for this weekend's game? As the impartial commentator that I am, Lee, tomorrow, I think it's impossible for me to give a prediction. No, I, I, I never, I never give predictions. That's, yeah. that's one thing I don't do. I think no matter what I say, the act, the exact opposite will occur. So, um, after the game back in November, I'm going to say it's going to be the most boringest nil-nil draw that's <laughs> ever been seen in football, and, and hopefully, the exact opposite will occur then. Well, hopefully it will be a bit more exciting than that game because it wasn't a great contest, I think it's fair to say. Adam, really appreciate giving up your time. Um, normally at this point, I I wish people all the best for the rest of the season. It's a difficult one because you, you're around us, but I'm going to I'm gonna be fair and wish you all the best for the rest of the season after this weekend. Aye, same to you, Lee. Big thanks once again to Adam Johnson for giving up his time because I know he had a very busy schedule this week ahead of the, the game, doing a lot of stuff up at Radio Cumbria. So uh, thank you once again to him. Um, so there you go. We'll hopefully be back next weekend uh, for one for the Bristol Rovers game or maybe even the Rochdale away game. We might do that actually because Rochdale have got some interesting things going on off the pitch at the moment, haven't they? It's a, have. a little bit worrying for them. I feel I feel for them because their fans have done a really good job, haven't they, in terms of uh, turning things think... around. Any talk of point deductions could well be next season, not this season. Though. Yeah, and, but and it would be incredibly harsh considering the fans yeah. are the ones who've sorted it out, really. But but that's the EFL for you, isn't it? That's where you need a bit of reform, don't you, to actually work out what we do with yeah. these sort of things. But there you go. Um, okay, so yeah, this weekend's game at Holker Street. Uh, referee for the game, Dan. It's our, fr- our old friend, Bobby Madley. Bobby Madley. Behave yourself before we start this, by the way, because I know what you're going to I'm not going to say a word. You're going to make a noise, though. I know you're going to make a noise. No, I'm it's not. Coming. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> this... 
just yeah. testing you. I needed a call. So this is Madley's second season back as an EFL referee. It's actually his first season was actually back in 2010-11, and he got up to Premier League uh, stand, uh, referee. But he had a few issues away from the pitch, didn't he? I think it's fair to say, Dan. Um, not the issues that everyone was saying he was rumoured to. Yeah, he, he had a bit of a wolf time, didn't he? Oh, behave, for God's <laughs> sake. You wait for that. But yeah, essentially there, were, there was an incident about, um, you know what, just Google it. If, you, if you're not bothered, Google it. You'll, you'll, you'll find the information. But um, but yeah, he's back as an EFL referee after a little spell in Norway because I think he's uh, misses us from over there, isn't he? I think he moved over there for a little bit. Now they've moved back to England. Um, so he's, he's just doing League 1 and League 2 at the moment. I think he's just happy to be back refereeing, isn't he? I think after what he went through. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this season he's taken charge of 30 games, handing out 107 yellow and four red cards. I mean, 107 does sound like a lot, but it's only actually just over, what, just under four a game, isn't it? So it's not a massive amount, I suppose, in that sense. Um, last took charge of United game uh, for the home game against Leighton Orient back in August, the start of the season. Uh, finished a 1-1 draw. He gave us a penalty for a handball early on, didn't he, I think, in this game. I mean, it's a blatant handball as well. It wasn't even like a close decision, so fair play on that. Um... So head-to-head for the big game, Dan. Uh, it'll be the 64th time we've played the Bluebirds. Quite incredible, actually, isn't it, when you think that we didn't play them for, what, 50-odd years? Was it something like that, I think? And, you know, some of these other clubs have been playing for years and we, we were struggling to get to, what, 50, 60 games, really? So, yeah, I think it goes back to the old regionalised leagues, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much back to that. Um, so, last season, sorry, uh, head-to-head, um, we're ahead on this one. 24 wins for the Blues compared to 18 draws and... 21 wins for Barrow. Um, last season, the Bluebirds finished in at 21st in League Two. They're currently 21st in League Two. No shock there, really, is that? I mean, quite a few teams that's happened with this season, isn't it? I think, from what I can remember as well, isn't there? There's yeah, a few ones yeah. we've done recently. I think Newport were fifth ahead of this week, this week's game, and they were fifth last season, obviously. So, so there you go. Um, manager, Mark Cooper. He's managed a fair few clubs, hasn't he? I think it's fair to say. Um, not quite as long as John Sheridan's list, but n- not not far off. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone will ever be John Sheridan. <laughs> no, certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, first uh, managerial spell was at Tamworth, and then he went to Kettering. He had two spells at Kettering, actually. I think just um, before, I think he went to Swindon, possibly, or maybe after Telford, I'm not sure. Um, but yes, he had two spells at Kettering. Uh, he went from there to Peterborough United. He was at Darlington, AFC Telford United, Swindon Town. Notts County and of course Forest Green Rovers who got promoted into the Football League. Um I think it's fair to say he was seen as a bit of a statement appointment, wasn't it, by um Barrow when he got the job last summer. Kind of them saying, Look, we've got a bigger manager in now, we've got someone, you know, who's done it at a decent level. After his success at Forest Green especially. But he struggled to make an impact, I think it's fair to say. Dan, he's not really controversy does follow him around quite a bit, doesn't it, in his career? I think it's fair to say. Mm, yeah, I think that's an understatement given his eight-match ban at the moment, is it? Yes, eight-match ban for making a sexist comment towards a match official in a game pretty much at the start of the season. So the FA moving super quick on getting that one done, although we don't know. It might be one way he you know, requested a hearing or something like that and you know, sometimes takes a while it's to take these took on. forever to get sorted. Yeah, but... Um, but it, kind of smacks a little bit of they've been trying to nail him on something for quite a while and finally he's done something like this like great we've got him now let's get him a, let's give him his lengthy ban um not that i've got any sympathy for him to be fair but um 
But yeah, it, it's you know he's been involved in controversy when he was at Forest Green in terms of an alleged comment he made about Justin Edinburgh against the Leighton Orient, I think it was, um, which was denied, and I don't think he was ever charged for it. But you know, it left a bad taste in the mouth. Considering he's an ex Orient player as well, not really a great thing to be doing if he allegedly did it. But it's but yeah, if you ever listen to his post match interviews in Radio Cumbria, he's not a happy chappy, is he? No, no, he's. Uh... I wonder if there will be a mutual parting at the end of the season. I think that's the only way they're going to sort it because the biggest problem is they appointed him in. He's got another May. two years, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's on a three year deal, so that shows the risks of doing this. If it doesn't go well, you're stuck with someone for a while, aren't you? Especially if I could understand giving a three year deal to someone who's been in charge for two years, something you know what he's like and you know what to expect from him, but someone coming in straight off the bat. Big risk financially for because I can imagine he's not on a cheap wage either as a manager to no, go all the way no. up to, to Barra as well because I'm pretty sure he's southern based. So, a really interesting one that one, isn't it? Um, whether they can afford to sack him, that's the problem. <laughs> I think they might be stuck yeah. with him for a while, possibly. But yeah, he's not really had the impact he would have hoped. I think it's fair to say. Um, last time out, so in midweek, they uh they played against um Scunthorpe United the team bottom of the league and they picked up their first win in eight games thanks to a John Rooney goal. I think they were I held... think it was a perfect game for them, wasn't it? Yeah, they were held by uh, Anthony Grant being sent off in like the 10th minute or something like that for Scunthorpe. So they played most of the game for 10 men. Um, Barrow had a man sent off late on for a second booking as well, but picked up all three points. The one thing that stood out for me when I was getting the, the information for this game, Dan, is have a look at the, the, the lineups. Didn't make a single sub. It's interesting because, you know, coming into a big game this weekend, that team's played the full 90 minutes. I suppose it's one of the ones he's just like, I'm going to stick with the team and we're going to get a result here. But There's also only six subs as well. I mean, they're still only allowed six subs, aren't they, at the moment? Because I think they don't have a youth set up, basically. Yet. That's, 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 is, is that, I thought that was cancelled. Oh, no, but they, no, they won't have anyone that's come through. through they've got no, yeah, they've got no one in their squad who is developed yeah. by the club, basically. Yeah, that's the yeah. problem they've got at the moment. So, so yeah, they, um, yeah, it's interesting they didn't make a single sub. It's, hmm. Could be, could be an interesting one come the weekend. We might be a little bit fresh, especially considering we obviously... Armour's had a rest for us. Mellish has had a rest for us. Dennis has only played half an hour or 20 minutes mm. something in midweek. You know, we should have a fairly fresh squad for the game at the weekend. So that might just play into our hands a little bit. Um, they're currently 14 from the last six games form table with record of drawn, drawn, lost, drawn, drawn, won. Uh, United are fourth in that table. Um they're not. It's interesting because they've they're not been losing many games, have they? But they're not been winning. They've been drawing a lot of games of late, from what I've noticed. They just don't seem capable of getting a win. They don't score many goals. That's the problem. No, no. They say they I mean, don't. You, you you look at uh, the games from the start of February: one one nil, drew one all, lost three one, nil nil, nil nil, nil one, one one, nil nil, one nil. Yeah. But that's all going to change on Saturday. <laughs> is it preview? Is it uh, guest time yet? No, no, not yet. You can't, I, I can imagine what you're going to predict for this game now. I've already got it in my head. 
I, I have a feeling it's going to be just short of double figures, possibly. But there you go. Um, okay, so I mean, quick look through their squad, Dan. Um, there is a bit of quality in there, isn't there? To be fair, I th- I do think they're underperforming a bit this season. You know, for the squad yeah, they've got, I, I'd agree. Uh, Paul Farman, we know Paul Farman's won them points recently by all accounts. I think twelve yeah. point twelve clean sheets. I think he's kept this season for he, them already. He made a team of the week. Uh, at some point recently, uh, you know, I mean, John Rooney coming back is the obvious one. Yeah, I'm uh, surprised that Stockport let him go, but I'm, I'm guessing they've got a bit of an embarrassment of riches these days. I guess. Yeah. Got Gotson Stevens in the middle, you know. Yeah, Ollie Banks. Tom, 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 Tom White doesn't really get a start for them, you know. Tom yeah. White's a decent player. But you, like I say, you look at it midfield there, as you said. You've got Gotts, you've got Banks, you've got Rooney. You've got, I mean, Mike Jones. Josh Gade does all right, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm guessing Mike Mike uh, Jones must be injured at the moment. I mean, that's probably him finishing in the, the football league now, isn't it? Sadly, um, Beedling's playing a bit for them as well, you know. So up front, they've got a mixed bag up front. I think it's fair to say. I mean, he won't be on Saturday, will it? Beedling, he got sent. Oh up, no, of course he won't. He won't. No, yeah. you're right. You're right. Exactly. Um, I mean, Luke James is a player who, you know, had such promise early on, didn't he? And never really quite fulfilled it. I remember as a 17-year-old for Hartlepool, he was terrifying, wasn't he? He was yeah, a really good player. Still only 27. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, yeah, thinking about that, then that would have been... Yeah, it would have been round about the time we were both in League One, wasn't it? And he was a really yeah. good player for them then. He just he just seems to keep going back to Hartlepool and Barrow, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just flitting between them, between he? the two of them, yeah. yeah. I mean, Josh Gordon's a player who's, who's looked good at Walsall at times, a bit hit and miss sometimes, though. Um, mm. Amadi Holiday, I thought he was actually quite a decent signer for them in January. He's a big target, man. I think he's one that we were linked with, actually, wasn't he? I think sometime yeah. before Christmas. Um, yeah. They were quite busy in January, though, weren't they? I think it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. In terms of players they brought in. Um, six players came in, only three departed. Um Players arriving at Hulk Street were permanent signings John Rooney from Stockport and Niall Canavan from Bradford. Who's that? Niall Canavan was the Bradford captain, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He had a major fallout with Derek Adams, didn't he? And he basically decided, I'll, I'll sell him. <laughs> and then Derek Adams was gone within a few weeks. So it was a bit of a weird one, that one, wasn't it? Um, yeah. He's um, probably not quite made the impact he would have hoped so far at Barrow. Um in terms of, uh, alongside that, also Loney's Anthony Glennon from Burnley, Jacob Wakeling from Leicester City, Will Harris from Sunderland, and Amadi Holiday, as you mentioned already, from Burn Albion. Um, the departures were all former Blues players, weren't they? Mm. The ones they left in January. So you've got Mark Ellis, who's gone out on loan to Solihull Moors in the National League, and Ozzy Zanzala has gone to Exeter. I think he, is he out for the rest of the season, Zanzala? Or is he possibly going no, to be I back? No, I think he's back now. I think is he's he? Back. Ah, right. I can't show you. He picked up an injury not long after signing, didn't he? But, um, yeah. Again, that was a weird one because they signed him as their big marquee signing in the summer. And then he, he scored a few goals. He didn't. It's not like he didn't. He only scored like two goals. Or that. He scored about seven or eight. He, he started the last two games for Exeter. I'll just oh, have a look. There you go. There yeah. you go. But he, did he score like seven or eight for Barrow at the start of the season, something like that? No yeah, he started. He started quite well. He uh, he got he got three in the league and uh, he got one in the FA Cup and the trophy. So he got five goals, you know. Yeah, and then basically just again had a fallout with Cuba, didn't he? Yeah, and got basically bombed out. And um, 
And of course, the other one who left, left Barrow in January, we all know about that, Jamie Devitt returning to Brunton Park. Um, Cheers, lads. Yeah, we're quite happy with that one. He's done all right so far. Shame about the injury, but you know, there you go. Um, but yeah, re- really interesting to, to see how this one goes because, like I said, I feel like they're underperforming Barrow. But at the same time, they've been down there most of the season, so are they underperforming? Mm. Maybe we're just over it, exaggerating how good they actually are. They've got one or two players who are decent, but and they've got players on long contracts. I think Ollie Banks is on a three-year deal there as well. Yeah, they go down. They could it could be quite tough for them. I think staying up is financial. Financially, yeah, massively. that's what I'm thinking. It could be a real hit for them because I mean, mm. I know you get a slight parachute payment when you go down, don't you? From from the football league, it's not as big as obviously like the Premier League ones when they get to the championship but yeah. there is a bit of a comfort blanket there um, but but yeah it could be tough for them I, I feel for them it's a bit it's a potentially a bigger hit for them to take than say Scunthorpe who've pretty much paired back their squad over the last t- couple of years anyway they could probably have a fresh start if they've got any money behind them which I don't think they have but I, I think if Barrow go down I don't think they'd come back for a long while no, I think it would be tough for them. I think it would really because really there's that much money at that top end of the national league now. I just don't think it would happen. I think for them, staying up this season is is, is massive, massive, yeah, really, yeah. really massive. Um, let's talk about United then, Dan. Um, injuries: uh, McDonald and Dickinson both back fit. Both played the full ninety minutes against. Uh, Newport, I'd imagine they'd probably both go back onto the bench at the weekend, maybe. We'll, have, we'll discuss that in a sec. Um, but good to see them back. Jamie Devitt out for at least two weeks, possibly longer with his hamstring injury. Uh, Toure's still working his way back. But Toure's been working his way back to fitness for months. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's had a few like little niggle injuries, hasn't he? I think yeah, he just yeah. caught him a little bit. And obviously, uh, I think Mella potentially back in the next three weeks or so, isn't it? I think they were saying. And yeah. Senior, probably not going to be until sometime into next season that he'll be back, I'd imagine, with yeah. the injury he's got. Also, you mentioned the loanies before Abraham's charters and Mampala all out on loan still. Um, so, Dan, for the team for this game, after sort of the tweaks in midweek, you'd imagine the first thing he's going to do is restore that defence, isn't he? Or you go back to what he had. I would say Armour and Mellish are back in. And I would probably say Dennis will come in for sure, Silver. Yeah. The big, the big debate is who replaces Devitt and... <laughs> Just, you know, there's a debate on who replaces Devitt. I think there's also a little debate of whether maybe Jordan Gibson has a rest. Yeah. I didn't like. I didn't like it when when Millen did it because at the time I think he was actually playing well and it was just a, a weird decision, one of the many weird decisions he made. But at the moment, last few games, even allowing for the coolness of that penalty, he's not quite been as good as we know he can be. I think against Newport, he had a stink. I don't think, I think anyone would. I think he would accept would, that as well. I would say Dickinson's probably got more defensive nous yeah. than Gibson. I, well, I wonder if, if you maybe go from this, because we've been sort of playing a 3-4-1-2 almost, haven't we? With mm. Gibson playing a little bit further forward than the other two midfielders, although he can drop deeper as well. So it's like it can be a 3-5-2, but it's also 3-4-1-2. Yeah. I wonder if he switched to a three four three because we look quite good with that three four three towards mm. the end against Newport, and and I don't think I would have said this a few weeks ago, but I'd start on Matoya. I'd play him on. I'd play him on the left. Patrick on the right. Dennis down the middle. And go three four three. Have a real good go at them. What do you reckon? Mm. Mm. 
brave. I know when you're playing away from home, you might want to play who, a bit tighter. Who plays beside Dag? Uh, I'd put Divine in there. I'd keep it tight. Yeah. Keep it really tight. I think Divine look pretty... Divine's a weird one because he has those games where he looks like a really good player, real good sort of driving midfielder who can bring the ball forward and stuff like that. And then he has others where he's just not in the game at all. When he came on as a sub against Newport, he looked like that driving player who could really make an impact. But his other games, he started this season when I thought, God, you're not good enough for this level for us. So it's a tough judge. I think I think Divine has to play for me. I think I'd play Divine alongside Guy, definitely in this game. Your question is whether you, you start Gibson or not for me. That's that's the big question. Mm. I mean, Dennis, we, we know Dennis is going to come in for Sh- Sh- Silver. We're pretty certain of that. Would you drop get Gibson or would you just keep playing him? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, don't know. Because I think he'll be annoyed with himself after midweek, yeah. especially after he scored on Saturday. It's almost one of the ones if you drop him. You do it deliberately to try and get a bit of a rate rise out yeah, and try and yeah. say, right, you're going to come on as a sub later on. But, you know, we're giving you a little rest here. You make your impact off the bench and you'll come on frustrated and you hopefully have an impact. Because the, the problem is he's been a bit sloppy of his passing in recent games for me. But one thing he's very good at Gibson when he plays in the midfield role is nicking the ball off players. Yeah, just Just yeah. running and nicking it off them. He's not particularly great at just, you know... Tracking back and tackling because he's he's a flair player, he's an attacking player. He's not going to be like that, but he's good at just showing a bit of pace and nipping in and getting the ball. I, I wonder if maybe later on in the game he could make a really big impact by doing that. Possibly, that might be the option to go for there. But hey, that's a similar decision to make. I'm sure you, we're yeah. going to see changes for this one, aren't we? We're not going to see the same team. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That. So, um, so there you go. Um, one other point before we do our match predictions, Dan. Um, Owen wins there. Completely it's disappeared, disappeared isn't it? It's a strange one, this one, isn't it? Because obviously, mm. first few games, I thought the first game especially looked very lively. Looked, you know, looked like we had a decent player on our hands. He's not even been in the match day squad for about three or four games now, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe got a niggle. Possibly a niggle, but it's a strange one, isn't it? The fact that he's just yeah. completely. I mean, Roberts obviously dropped out for a couple of games, but he's come back in, so no issues there. It's a very strange one, that one. I think it's fair to say. Match predictions, then, Dan. What are we going for? Battle, nil, Carlisle, five. Well, not not as big as I expected. Patrick, five. <laughs> Patrick, five. God almighty. <laughs> okay, so you, you reckon Amari's... a statue of him in the dockyards after Saturday. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, okay. Five, nil, you're going for. Bloody hell. Um, I'm going to go for 2-1. It's going to be nervy, but I think 2-1. And I think Patrick and Dennis will finally get that first goal for us. That's what I'm going to go for. In fact, no, no, actually, I'm going to go for Patrick and Mellish to get the goals. I reckon Mellish will get a goal. I just mm. feel like he's, he's due one for a while. Um, there you go. Should we do Mike's predictions then? And then we've got Mike's yeah. question to follow that. So I'm predicting a 3-1 win with uh, Dennis and Patrick and Feeney getting our goals. Ooh, big Morgan to get another goal. There you go. So we're all going for wins. That does not bode well, does it? <laughs> we're all going for the same thing, like a win. <laughs> Never bodes well, that, I think it's fair to say. Um, 
There you go. So before we do the uh, X-Files section, Dan, uh, Mike has sent a question. He's not sent me an answer audio, so I'm going to have to actually search for it myself. (laughs) Thanks for this one, Mike. Very well organised. But here's here's Mike's question this week, and what we'll do is we'll do the answer after the X-Files section. So a player that's played for both teams is Glenn Murray. Can you name the 12 clubs that he represented during his career? Oh, bloody hell, right, okay. We, we can have a good go at that, can't we? I think it's fair yeah. to once, we, uh, once we've done the X-Files section. So, over to you then, Dan. A busier X-Files section this week, I think it's fair to say? Yeah, uh, a bit busier than normal. Uh, as just after we recorded last week, James Tavernier got his traditional penalty for Rangers in the 3-0 mm-hmm. win over Red Star Belgrade, or Slovena Zvezda. One for the hipsters there. <laughs> proper pronunciation. I've been to the grounding museum. It's fantastic. Uh, he also scored another penalty for Rangers in the 3 0 Scottish Cup win at Dundee on the weekend. That that game against Red Star Belgrade, I watched quite a bit of this on BT Sport. I've not really that watched. First half was crazy. I've not watched much Europa League season, but I always forget how good a competition it is. You get some absolutely balmy games, and genuinely, Red Star Belgrade could have won it for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it was a mad, mad game. It, it could have been 5 all. It was yeah. that, you know. Both both had goals disallowed, mm. and you know it's just it's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Gary Medine scored the winner. Blackpool's one yeah. nil win over Swansea. Uh, another one nil win. Macaulay Gillespie for Plymouth in a one nil win at Bolton. Good That's win, their that. first win at Bolton in fifty five years. There you go. We won't have played them much in that time, but still. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Callum O'Hare scored twice for Coventry in a 4-1 win over Sheffield United don't hear about him scoring that much these days no, do you really? no, it's so quite quiet yeah. but they've got an outside uh, chance of the playoffs haven't they in the championship they're just yeah, you know, four points yeah. outside yeah. Uh, Ryan Bowman scored for Shrewsbury in a 2-1 home defeat to Oxford and similar sort of time Andy Cook scored in Bradford's sort of a surprise team over and I, I, put, I put surprise but actually it probably isn't because Forest Green of Hit a bit of a bump. Well, I thought they've got a, they've got a decent buffer there. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. But actually, looking at it now, I'm thinking well, title maybe is looking a bit tougher for them now. I think they'll still yeah. go up, but they need to pick up wins soon. Yeah, into non-league. Uh, George Glendon scored Chester's three-one win at Blythe, and Adam Campbell, regular in here, scored in Gateshead's four-two win at Gloucester which we mentioned for telecharts playing mm-hmm. in. And north of the border, Gavin Riley scored again. Greenock Martin's 2-0 win at home to Partick. It's a good result uh, for them, isn't it? Because Partick are doing really well from what I remember this yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, we go to midweek. Uh, Paddy Madden got a couple for Stockport in a 3-0 win over Nuffs County. Uh, Harry McCurdy scored in his return for Swindon. 2-1 win over Sutton. Uh, just mentioned him already. Ryan Borman scored in Shrewsbury's 5-0 hammering of Morecambe. And Jack Marriott scored in Peterborough's three-two home defeat to Swansea, and uh, we've got a couple of little bits of extra news. We don't really mention trialist, but we'll always mention this one because we should have signed him, Keith. Yeah, because you like mentioning him every I, every yeah. time you send it, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to include this. I'm going to I'll just put it in because you're yeah. going to mention it. Anyway. Lauren Shanklin got relegated. Uh, be a shot in Belgium. Mm. Uh, I read an article that he said, "No, he's he's quite happy to stay." You know, he's. He's moved there for a reason, and if it means he has to score goals to get them up, so be it. Yeah. Uh, Joe White uh, signed a new three-year deal at Newcastle. He's currently on loan at Hartlepool, uh, taken from our academy when he was about 14. Yeah. And former loanee, Harry Arter, 
has joined Notts County on loan from Notts Forest because he just wants to play football. Crazy, he actually joined Forest for about five million a couple of years ago, mm. and he's hardly played for them. It's really, really strange, one, isn't it? And you kind of feel for him because he, when he played for us, he looked like a player who really loved playing football, didn't he? He just he used all energy, all action. Yeah, yeah. And he just clearly that unhappy. He's just like, oh, I just want to go and play football somewhere. So fair play, lad. Yeah, there you go. Okay, shall we do the answers then for? Um, well, let's just try and work out the answers. I should say for Mike's question for this week, Dan. Yeah. Um, so 12 clubs Glenn Murray played for, right, other than us and Barra, I'm guessing. Or is that including us and Barra? I can't even remember. We'll work it out. It um, will include us and Barra, yeah. Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, in fact, should we repeat the question just to double-check that? Let's, let's hear Mike's question again, just so just to remind. So, a player that's played for both teams is Glenn Murray. Can you name the 12 clubs that he represented during his career? Okay, so it does include both of us then. Okay, so we'll start off with two there. Like Carlisle and Barrow, there's two obvious ones, isn't it? Assu- I was going to say, are we assuming Workington? Yes, and Workington must be one of them. I'm going to throw in the classically named Wilmington yes. Hammerhead. Brilliant, I love that. I don't know yeah. how many times I hear not, You're not catching us out on that one, Booth, lad. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, we, we know. We've done our research. Um, okay, so we've got them. Halifax. He had a lone spot at Halifax, I f- seem to remember, when he was at... No, in fact, no way, no way. I'm mixing it up with Grant Holt here. They're so bloody similar, aren't they? That's the thing you forget with the two of them. Um, okay, so no, not not Halifax. I don't Obviously, think. Rochdale, because yes. he went for Muster Rochdale. But yeah, well, no, he went for, on loan there, didn't he? No, no, first, Stockport County was the first one he went to. He yeah, had a loan yeah. spot at Stockport County from us. Rochdale was the other one we said. His two main clubs uh, went to Brighton from Rochdale. Yeah. And then made the move up to Palace. Controversial. Uh, he did go back to Brighton a couple of times, didn't he? Mm. He had a loan spell at Bournemouth, didn't he? No, he signed for Bournemouth. Sorry, you sure he signed for he Bournemouth? Signed, he signed for Bournemouth. for Bournemouth, I think. And I think he went back to Brighton on loan right. before signing for Brighton again. He had a spell at Forest as well, I remember that. He finished at Forest. And Reading. Reading rings a bell. I think Reading is, is definitely a team I vaguely remember him playing for. Um, I also remember. Do you know what? I've, I've got. We've got. We've got eleven clubs. Is it standing? I think I've got number twelve, and Go it on. was a loan move. And I think didn't play many games for them. It was Watford. You're bang on. I think you're absolutely bang on on that. I've, I've, I'm sure he played Watford. for Watford for maybe six or eight games or something. That you know, not many, yeah. but it was towards the end of his time at Brighton. Yep. There you go. So we've got our 12 there. So we're going with Carlisle Barrow, Workington, Wilmington Hammerheads in America, obviously, Stockport County, Rochdale, Brighton, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Forest, Reading, Wofford. There you go. That's the 12 clubs we've got. Should we have a look? I'm going to, I've got the uh, the link up here, Dan, so let me have a look and I'm going to read through the list for you. So here we go. All right. He started his career at Workington Reds at two years there. Uh, then he went over to Wilmington Hammerheads in America, played there for a bit. Went to Barrow. Funny enough, he was on trial with us, wasn't he? And I remember Simo saying to him, you're good, but you need to get a bit of games under your belt. Go there. Yeah. If you do well, we'll sign you. And he signed non-contract terms at Barrow. Played his six games there, scored six goals, so we signed him. So he went from Barrow to Carlisle, so that's four. Then he had his loan spell at Stockport County. Then the loan spell at Rochdale, which became permanent. From Rochdale, he went to Brighton, as you mentioned there. So now we're up to, well, how many are we up to now? We're up to seven, I think. Palace, 
uh, at Palace. He had a loan spell at Reading. Um, he then, as you rightly say, Dan, went to AFC Bournemouth. Um, he then went back on loan to Brighton from them and signed permanently for Brighton. And then he had a loan spell from Brighton at Watford. And then, obviously, said, finish his career at Nottingham Forest. So we got all 12. Happy there days. you go. Pleased with that. That's a d- decent return, I think it's fair to say. And that's it, Dan. That's it for, for this week's show. Um, looking forward to the game this weekend. Mm. Interesting one. It's one of those ones, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it or not. I, I, once I get there, I think I'll, I'll know where I am because it's one of those ones, I think there's been a lot of talk, oh, you know, it's a local derby and stuff like that. And you, you know that the local idiots will probably turn out to try and cause bother, won't they? But hopefully, no major issues. There's not a massive walk to the ground. As everyone said, you literally come out of station, turn right, and you walk down Hawk Street yeah. there, basically, aren't you? Um, Going to try and get in the ground fairly early because it's limited space and there's not it's really... It's horribly It's genuinely one of the worst you'll see in a long time. Made worse by the view-obstructing posts that are now in place because of the roof they put on it. Um yeah, no, not not a great place to watch football, I think it's fair to say. Um, but yeah, we'll get ourselves nice and early and hopefully next week we'll be back on and we'll be celebrating three points and another step towards safety. That's the hope, Ooh. isn't it? That's what we're predicting anyway, so hopefully that's what will happen. Dan, thanks once again for joining me. No, Bubba. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week for the next episode and up the blues. Up the blues. Oh,